0: On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now, here's our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning, and how are you this morning? I hope as great as we are here in Tyler, Texas, and my guest is from uh, Canada who is sharing with us today, so we're both in good places and feeling great. You know, second wind is about people women particularly that go through periods in their life when they need a second wind actually you know i go through a period like that every month <laughs> it's kind of like the the other that i used to go through but now the second wind is just it's just a great way to keep us moving forward every month, forward on our dream, forward on the next step to help pick us up. We go through so many challenges and changes during the, the everyday life. Uh, You'll remember that I just went through the uh, transition of my mother moving into assisted living and all the responsibilities that went with that. For a little while, I felt a little out of balance. And it took me knowing that once I could get my systems, my feet back on the ground, then I'd move forward and everything would fall back in place. But I needed to know the system, And I needed to know that the second wind would be coming. Now, we call it the second wind, but it might actually be the third, the fourth, the fifth. We just constantly get our recharges through whatever systems we have working for us. And that's the reason I am really happy that you have chosen Second Wind, the radio show, to be here, too. My guest today is a woman that has faced many changes and challenges in her life, like all of us. But she has a very interesting story to tell us today. So before we get go forward, I'd like for you, as always, find your favorite spot, your cup of tea, your coffee, and get back and get comfortable. And we're going to talk about my guest. She is a speaker coach... Loves working in groups with journalism, success principles, and NLP, which is called neuro linguistic programming. I met Janet Wizawadi, who lives in Edmonton, Albert, Alberta, Canada. She's a long distance way off, but you know when I met her, I believe it was in. Uh two thousand twelve.
2: Is that right, Janet? No, two thousand and
1: ten BTS. Ten BTS. We had just come down for and it was that Jack Canfield's uh breakthrough to success that he has every summer. And we had just come down to quickly get a fast breakfast. And this was the first lady I met. And what a joy it's been to be friends with. Janet. She's visited in my hometown, coming all the way from Canada. But you talk about a woman that is so dedicated to the growth in her life. This is Janet. And she, I love the way that she does it. She's an inter, inter, uh, it. <laughs> what do I always say? Vivacious speaker. She talks the talk. She knows where she comes from. And she loves coaching one-on-one, but also teaching workshops. And I love the type of workshops that she does. So, with my very successful friend, Janet Wizawadi, I welcome you to the show this morning.
2: And I'm happy to be here.
1: <laughs> well, I told you about all the fun, great stuff that you are doing in your work, and I know you're also a mother and a very involved grandmother, but I, I honestly, I don't know how you have time to do everything that you do, because you are you always give 100%, I don't care where you are, and you give it with a, such a strong, positive energy that it makes people happy to be around you, Janet. Uh, if I haven't shared that with you, I want to tell you, now, on air... <laughs> <laughs> with That's all great. these friends. <laughs> so, but tell us about the day when you realized that you needed a second wind or you were really in the darkest time. Because there was. There's always a turning time.
2: Yeah, Joyce, I had uh, been in a bad car accident and off work, and uh, um, my job as a police dispatcher, uh, was put on hold for a while while I recovered. But during that time, I didn't realize that it was just injuries from the accident. Uh, I found myself in the middle of the night one time crying and wishing I had died in that car accident and uh, knew that I needed help. And uh, mm-hmm. long and short of it, that's when I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder.
1: Well, we hear that. We, we're we very familiar with those letters, Uh but we associate it more with men and women coming back from the armed forces, being on the front line, experiencing really horrible, t- horrific uh, scenes while they're f- fighting the war for peace and keeping us safe. But from your story, you share with us that this can happen in uh other professions that never go to the front but work in the front at home. So you are a dispatcher, um, and what were some of the other professions that would be affected by PTSD?
2: Well, um, first responders uh, can be, um, you know, emergency nurses, doctors, uh, ambulance EMTs. Um, police and definitely firemen Um, okay anybody who is on and you know sometimes if somebody comes across a motor vehicle accident before the police get there they can be pretty traumatized too
1: right yeah so now that we know this can affect so many other people in in And I remember to this day, having done just what you did, what you said, came upon an accident when I was returning to school and college. So you could see how that memory has stayed with me, not to the effect of yours. So tell us how, in the position that you held as a dispatcher, how that affected your life and brought back those memories.
2: Well, there's things that we don't realize that we carry with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's one of the things that uh, the Mayo Clinic has listed as their, uh, you know, symptoms in that is uh, reoccurrent, unwanted distressing memories of a traumatic event. Um, for me, what happened to come up, because as a police dispatcher, I can't show any emotion right I have to deal with the emergency right. and push it down. So what uh-huh. happened in this instance uh, that night a whole bunch of memories started coming up mm-hmm. and one of which where uh, a police officer and I was with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Canada and he had committed suicide. And he's yeah. been, you know, I'd worked very closely with them, So that memory came up and the memory of a little girl calling in the middle of the night because her mom was being beat up and, and knowing that my granddaughter was probably the same age, maybe went to the same school, was safe at home in bed, and mm-hmm. just always worrying about this little girl, thinking, I wonder how she made out. Yeah. Because children can go through uh, PTSD as well.
1: Mm. Right. Uh, so this, the time between those experiences and the time that you sat crying in your living room, what, what was the time space in that?
2: Well, the one uh, uh, involving the young police officer was probably 20 years.
3: Wow. And, uh,
2: the, the one with the young girl was maybe maybe two or three years. Uh-huh. You know, and those are just two examples of uh, uh some of the things
1: that right you know. well, I can see because even uh twenty years, I was thinking it must have been last ten years, but twenty years is quite a long time so but I can still remember to this day, running down the highway where there was another woman in myself that had came up on immediately on this accident, I was going back to college, so you know that was a few years ago. We'll say 30 plus years. So that memory is still in my brain to this day. Not That's only one. As a dispatcher, mm-hmm. you had more of those experiences. And the other thing was having to maintain control and not get caught up in the, the sadness of the um, incident. How do you
2: do that? Yeah, and, and well, you know, it's it, you just go on sort of autopilot. Yeah, um, I I had no idea that all of these were there. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's the motor vehicle accident that you know sort of put me in that state, and was really really a blessing because without it, I don't know how much longer I would have gone. Because the thing is, part of what I found is that I destroyed my body, like I had. Uh, hurts and pains and and sickness and that and that's all stuff we manifest because we're not dealing with it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I found that after that like if somebody would just say something that happened to work and I'd be in tears like there's no way I had no control anymore right and um, but that, that's that's what we do right and right and I people say you know they talk about police officers or firemen or you know so straight faced and stuff, but uh, a friend one time told me uh, that a friend of hers is a fireman and they were at a a funeral and he was, uh, she says, I don't know how you held it together. And he says, why do you think we wear sunglasses?
1: Right. Well, we are going to take a brief uh, intermission here and we'll be back to talk more about the subject of PTSD and something else called secondary traumatic stress. So I hope those that are involved or know public, dif- public representatives in the, in the community will stay tuned. We'll be back.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Welcome back to this segment of Second World. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease.
1: Now here's our host,
0: author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are talking today with Janet Wizawadi, a coach, therapist, book author, that it, not therapist, coach, um, speaker, and book author uh, that lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And one of her topic that she does like to do workshops on and talk about is the effects of PTSD, which for those who hear the letters but maybe don't understand them or what they mean, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. And it is triggered by a ter- terrifying event, either experiencing it or witnessing it. The symptoms are, include flashbacks, nightmares, severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. But as Janet shared with us, they sometimes can be hidden deep within us, not acted upon because the situation at the time, as she uh, uh, has been a dispatcher for... How many years have you been a dispatcher, Janet?
2: 30 years. Over 30 wow. years.
1: Wow! And that's with the... Um, uh, what's the official
2: title? Royal Canadian Mounted Police. You know those handsome officers in the red I surgeons?
1: No. <laughs> and you even married one of those handsome. I
2: did. I met him before he was in, but boy, he's pretty handsome in that uniform.
1: I know, I know. But you were talking to us about your experience of, of experiencing post traumatic stress, which uh stress, which led you to the event of crying while sitting in the middle of the night after your accident. But what did you do after it came to this part? You talked about how it had affected your body. You had been, you know, it, that such sorrow and sadness usually comes out somewhere, you know, it mm-hmm. won't stay in. So talk to us about that and then how you were drawn to go for help.
2: Well, what happened, I, I think I'd done enough work on myself and, and I've always been interested in study and learn more about our psyche and that. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I realized I needed help. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I was looking for a psychologist, and I want to stress very strongly, when you go for help, and, and it's not just with PTSD, sometimes we just need a little bit of help. And um, the first psychologist I saw, I'm sorry, but I, could, I knew that she would never be able to help me. So mm-hmm. I really stressed to people that if you don't feel comfortable with a therapist or anybody else, doctor, whatever it may be, never go with them. Find somebody right. else. There is somebody out there for you. And I happened to find a great psychologist that I worked with who gave me some very good tools and really helped me along this journey.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: when she, um, when she finally said that I was ready to move on, it was, like, scary because I thought, okay, now what? Now what <laughs> do I do? I don't want to go back to that place. Mm-hmm. And really, we all need help staying on track, right? right. And that's when I found. Uh, I started doing some other workshops on self improvement and stuff, and and self help. And that's when I found Jack Canfield, and when right. ended up going to BTS and meeting you. Yeah. And then we trained together and did our yeah. Now, in
1: selecting in selecting that therapist, of course, you didn't know at the time that you were looking for a additional deeper help. uh you didn't know exactly that you were suffering from ptsd so t d d yeah got so it right. did uh so you could not have requested how would you identify somebody that just wasn't working well with you
2: well the psychologist should uh, they're working with you anyways and they are trained to help people and then if like it was her that uh finally diagnosed with the PTSD, but the first one, just in talking to me, like we weren't even, we had our first meeting, and I knew that she wasn't getting me. Mm -hmm. And I I come from a different thought process, and Mm -hmm. we all have our individualities. And so how I found, I I believe in past lives and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Regression and stuff, and, and I found this lady who was teaching this course, and she was a certified psychologist. And I asked uh, them to contact with me if she saw people, you know, professionally, and she did. And that's uh, so she gave me some tools that maybe that are unconventional, but they very they worked very much for me.
1: Yeah, great. Um, so tell me that. So how long were you working with her?
2: I worked with her for probably just over 6 months. Right. And um I found that uh because I had moved forward and I was constantly working forward
5: right. that
2: uh, I could keep working on myself. Uh mm-hmm. I became a co-author in a book on journaling and that was very therape- therapeutic in itself. And because of that now I teach a journaling workshop on different areas not just write down your you know, what you do every day. So it goes into a deeper. And because we can keep working on ourselves, and I keep training, and I keep reading, and it's all about moving forward, Joyce. It, mm-hmm. it has to be about moving forward. Yes, those memories are still there, but I would be defeated, and I wouldn't be helping anybody, including myself and my family, if I wasn't continually moving forward.
1: Well, talk to us a little bit about journaling. You said it's not all about just writing down what your uh, schedule was that day. How does how do you start somebody in journal journalism, journaling?
2: <coughs> well, it, it's interesting. When I was asked to write the chapter by Katerina Rando, I'm thinking what? But I thought <laughs> that I write more than I <laughs> than I thought, and, and it really all started with me just you know being upset with my husband and writing him letters and then saying to him. Did you read what I wrote you? And he'd say, no. He says, do you feel better? I says, yes. He says, then fine. I don't have to read it. So, <laughs> so I've the broken wisdom. the journaling down, and it just keeps growing, right? We broaden mm-hmm. our self-awareness through journaling. You know, uh, journal with yourself. You know, write a question at the top of the page. My husband and I were in a marriage encounter, very involved in it, and and we would have a question at the top of the page. We'd each write each write and share, and mm-hmm. and so I thought, this can all be helpful to us ourselves, right? right. Um, forgiveness is huge. Huge. Yes. In my workshops, I do a session on forgiveness where we write a letter. And I use Neil Donald Walsh's uh, uh, story about the little soul in the sun and write a story to, you know, a forgiveness letter to your dark soul. And ah. uh, just to help move on. Let's face it. These feelings uh. are here. Let's acknowledge them. But it's not there to beat ourselves up, right? We uh. can do that. And um, Julia Cameron has a book called The Artist's Way, and she talks about morning pages, getting up in the morning and writing three pages, just writing, like get all the garbage out of your head. And then Mm -hmm. you move on with the day. And all of these have been helpful, and I've incorporated them into my journaling workshops. And if anyone wants, uh, you know, an e-copy of my book, they can go to my website and download it.
1: Oh, that's great. Now, what is Mm -hmm. your website?
2: My website is triple uh, W, of course, and then Janet. Or sorry, uh, it's Family Connect. It's uh, www then Family,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: then Connect is spelled C O N N E K T dot com. Right, and then they can read more about my story there as well.
1: Okay. Because your story is very interesting, it, it it really is enlightening for us who have not experienced trauma, uh, post traumatic. Um, I have trouble disorder, um, to the extent that you did. I mean, that brief encounter that I had was far from repeated situations like you had as a dispatcher. Um, or, as a policeman would have on daily uh interactions with citizens, or you know there's any number you you talked about the the nurses in in um, uh the emergent care, how they sometimes experience some really awful things coming through the door. I mean the list goes on firemen so forth, so um uh, one thing about that journaling, though, is, is it important that if you're journaling with someone, okay, such as you were doing your marriage, marriage mm-hmm. journaling, is, mm-hmm. was it important to have your husband read it or was it just the fact that you got it out?
2: Well, originally, like when I'd write him letters and that, that. That was one thing. It was a matter of getting it out. The fact that when we did it with Marriage Encounter, it was really about communications, right? We don't communicate well. And some of us are visual, some of us are audio, and some of us are kinesthetic. And it's just that matter of how do you communicate. Lots of times couples don't communicate the same way. And my way of of was not wanting to be upset. Like, I'm an easy crier. If I get angry, I won't. I just walk away. I, I won't fight. And, um, do you so walk away and I cry? So, turn,
1: pardon or, me? Do you walk away and cry and stuff it?
2: or Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I'll get mad and, and start crying and, and can't articulate. And, and I think that what lots of times in relationships, people fight, but that's not really what they want, but that's the right. only way they know how to express, <laughs> right? And yeah, that's with the writing, on the surface. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being married to a policeman as well and with my job, I, yes. When I started working for the force, I had, you know, it was like putting, walking in somebody else's shoes, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: my husband phoned me one night when I was working nights, and he says, "You know, it's lonely at home." And I said, "Welcome to my world," because he yeah. was a policeman long before I started working with the RCMP as well. Yeah. So you know, it's communications, and you know what communications with ourselves. I had no idea I had this, right, None whatsoever. Right. Well, it probably really brought out
1: some of the ways that you cope, really, to the surface. I mean, just we all have our coping mechanisms, which we learned from our families growing up. So we're all dealing with really, really past things that we've learned that Mm -hmm. have shaped our little lives to what they are today. And, you know, some of them don't work so well in our lives today. (laughs) Back well, and, and one of my coping is okay. skills
2: is being busy, right? Right. And uh, mm-hmm. when I had the accident and I couldn't do anything, I really had God put me in my chair and made me sit and look at myself. And <laughs> twice time- to stop.
1: I'm going to stop right there because <laughs> we have 30 <laughs> seconds to break. And when okay. we come back, Janet, if there's more on that topic, we will. You know, sitting us down and God talking to us, as though we are his only audience is a great way to listen. Mm. So, (laughs) and sometimes that's what it takes. So when we come back, we will talk more with Janet Wizawadi,
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
3: Kids, do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, right here on TogiNet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest, fun filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for?
6: Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on Toginet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wave. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are talking today with Janet Wizawadi, a speaker and coach who likes to train one-on-one with work, one-on-one with individuals, but she also does workshops on journaling and other topics that she will share with us in this hour. But Janet, I want to talk because we're so familiar with the news that goes on. Of course, that's how we get our trauma in our life, in our daily life. But there was this un- really sad experience for Canada at the Parliament House. Only last week, two weeks ago? Um, no, it was just
2: last week, yeah.
1: Yeah, last week. last week. And, you know, the news media said this is actually the first, first ever type of of. Uh, attack from outside the country so I know you all were really caught off guard much as we have experienced with the towers and so forth mm-hmm. but uh, I know Royal Canadian Mounted Police were on guarding the uh, Parliament Hill and uh, what is the just the type of I know of experience that is going on with your country and what happened to actually the police?
2: well I was working that day and it was on the news and uh, we have a TV in our uh, dispatch center where we can see the news and that so we got it through the news right I know Uh uh, friends of mine that are in the RCMP in, in Ottawa and a friend who's a wife I've talked to her since and what she went through her husband happened to be out of town but lots of friends were involved and the the thing that a lot of people don't know that uh, there was one of our armed forces uh, officers that was killed in a hit and run the day before. They did manage mm-hmm. to get the person, mm-hmm. and then with the shooting of the, our military officer at the Tomb mm-hmm. of the Unknown Soldier was was pretty hard. Oh, you know, it's so he, horrible. Yeah, and and then the whole drama that takes place, and and when it's in the news and it's over and over, and, and you're kind of helpless, right? Because yes. you see this, and and as it turned out, I didn't realize till after that uh, the sergeant at arms had been posted here in in Alberta. So mm-hmm. um, we're connected, you know. Yeah. Anybody who's in a, a family of whether it's military, whether it's police, whether it's firemen or medical, we're connected. There's that fine thread. So we all feel it. Right. But yeah. it's... Uh, You know, just that Canada hasn't experienced uh, uh, what I know a lot of you in in the U.S. have experienced uh, Mm -hmm. with attacks on on different buildings and stuff. But, yeah, this is the first, and this is our, our, you know, our capital of Canada in Ottawa and our parliament buildings, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you all have been very open with your security there, not to the extremes that we have buckled down, but I'm sure this will probably affect that in some way
2: yeah well that's my understanding it, it's no different than now it's going to just be a little a little more time to go through some of these buildings and into mm-hmm. these uh, areas whereas much like what uh happened after uh the twin Towers, Nine where 11, everything yeah. was buckled down with the airports, right mm-hmm. yeah where there's a little more security and and uh Not as much trust, right? Unfortunately, we lose a little bit of that trust during that time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, before we move into secondary trauma, I would like to, which many of us could be secondary trauma from just watching that whole experience uh, that happened on the TV, because we get it secondary. We're not immediate on the Spot So, but some of the symptoms that one can experience to sort of uh, be aware of in themselves or in their loved ones, if they're talking with them, having good communication, what would be some of the symptoms that might uh, highlight that there needs to be additional um, counseling?
2: Okay, now first I want to stress I'm not a therapist. Oh, I'm right. a lay person who has uh, really gone through it myself and, and really want to be instrumental in people healing, right? Right. And uh, it can be like family members. So post-traumatic stress is a mental health condition that can mm-hmm. be triggered by terrifying events. And this comes from the Mayo Clinic and truly what I understand. um Like I say, I had no idea that I had it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it it can be a traumatic effect. In the secondary, what happened with me and what happens to lots of people as a secondary, it's a continuation of things, like it was a buildup, right? Yeah. One incident wouldn't have caused it necessarily because I'm detached from it. But when it's over and over and over again and you have to keep repressing, then after a while something has to happen, right? But the, the, the symptoms can be like reoccurring uh, unwanted distressing memories of the traumatic event. You know, I think of that little girl, and right. I still to this day. Now, I don't have the same physiology, the same reaction in my body that I did when I first, you know, dealt with that call. Because mm-hmm. I've sort of, I've put it that this happened, right? I've detached right. myself from that event. But that doesn't make me n- not want to still think about her and worry about her. You know, and reliving it, uh, the flashbacks. Like, fortunately, that happened during that incident when I was sitting in my chair. And, uh, then an upsetting dreams. Some people don't sleep, and sometimes we don't know why we don't sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: we'll be woken up by memories or an incident that happened at work and, and just physiological, like really people with, uh, like heart conditions or other things, like cancer and, and different things like that. They can all be, do your research, they can all be brought on by stress. My my husband had a heart attack at 47 years old, and uh, it was all brought on by stress at work. And, uh, you know, the doctor said, like, your cholesterol, a Biafran would be jealous of that, you know, people that don't have, you know, have right. uh, less, uh, you know, cholesterol and that. But he didn't have, that wasn't contributing, it was stress. So mm. sometimes it's... People's health changes. Look at your, your psyche. Like, don't just think, okay, we'll take a pill for this. Look at the whole thing. Look at your psyche. And Jack Canfield, you know, as famous as he is and all the things he says, everyone should go at one time or another through therapy.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so the point- I remember. I even realized when I was at that workshop, when we were there together, that that week with him was healing for me in several ways. Uh, we do an exercise, which is to, uh, it's 15 minutes every morning. And you get up and you walk around the room and you just randomly uh, go to someone. you I think we hugged. And yep. then he graduated it for the first two mornings. We just simply hugged and passed on to the next one. So many of us don't realize we need at least 12 hugs every day, which is difficult if you're a single woman. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they can get, you can, I mean, stand on the street corner, but you just need to hug everybody you get, you see. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then also the next one was, hugging, standing back, and looking in their eyes. Oh, that was so wonderful. What a great experience to have just that. So there the, there was so much healing that went on just in his workshop. Yeah, it was great. But those are all things that we need. And that's why if you don't have that type of experience, you may need to think of going to one.
2: Well, and I don't know whether you were there in 2012. I went back to BTS in 2012, Uh and there was somebody who had to leave early, and he wasn't getting Jack's attention, and he stood on his chair, and he said, Jack Canfield, I want to tell you right now, I am a soldier that came back, uh, and I don't know where, which... Place he came back from he says and you know what these seven days have helped me more than any therapy i've had and huh. i'm not telling people that that's to replace it i'm just saying what he said that right. the exercises we did and the caring that was in that room really supported him and i think a lot of people and i know it a lot of people with ptsd and we're seeing it now feel isolated and i really want to stress that they're not alone right. And families families can go through the secondary part by just experiencing the trauma that their their loved one is going through with the PTSD. So, you know, sometimes the whole family needs to have an outlet, and that's where a therapist can come in and help. But really, really want to stress that you're not alone, that others are going through it, and this is what happens is the isolation, and that's where I think we're finding the suicides and that, that they really feel they are alone. And when you get into that dark place, it's really hard to pull out right
1: yeah you need a community you need a you need support to help you and and also knowing there are other people that go through similar if not the very same experience they will have similar experiences mm-hmm. um, when we come back I want to be sure that we get it more into the secondary trauma because there was one one symptom or a uh, Process here, different types of traumas was listed, but burnout just in the job is one of them. And I never really considered burnout to be part of uh, secondary trauma stress. Uh, so I want us to talk about that when we come back. But, mm-hmm. Janet... Mm-hmm. Did you finish what you wanted to say about the?
2: Yeah, I just want people to really realize that there is help out there and that you're not alone. No. I, I can't stress that enough.
1: Right. Now, did you go to any support groups that your support was going to workshops? Is that how you used My, your support? groups? Totally.
2: Totally, yeah. and and uh, Jack's work and working with all of you, like, let's face it, Joyce, right? We've trained with 60 people from 14 different countries. We have an excellent support system <laughs> within that. Yeah. And, I, you know, find alternates. You know, not everybody the is church. the same.
1: The church is not a great right. community to go to. Some support totally. group like that is always... Uh, good for helping you to grow and feel loved and welcomed. If you're in the right church, depends on the church, of course.
2: Right, and but, some people turn to drug and alcohol, so they need you know support groups in there. Right. All right, we're going
1: to be back shortly with Janet Wizawadi, and she will talk more about what she's doing. We'll talk a little bit more about secondary trauma, and uh, then we'll. Let her tell us about what is in her future.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
4: Cuisines and sacred rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velasi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways. We paint with an inspired palette. Weave our own healing traditions and become our own guru. Velasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to explore stole the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio
3: Network. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. and happily shares these through Today's Note to Self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are visiting with Janet Wizawadi, my awesome friend from Canada, who we met several years ago when attending Jack Canfield's Breakthrough Success. To success. But our topic today has been about PTSD, which Janet experienced, and it was one of the major turning points in her life to further set her forward on this path. Talking with people about this event, how it's caused, how it can be helped, and how we can go from experiencing this condition into a full, rich, fulfilled life. So, Janet, we I want to make a distinction, because I wasn't quite as clear, about the disease itself, post post, Why do I keep forgetting this? Post, Post-traumatic stress disorder. Thank you, dear. So, to so it's secondary. not a disease, it's a disorder. Oh, it's a disorder. Pardon me. Okay, yeah. so when we're talking about post traumatic distress Perhaps. we're talking about the overall disorder all right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. under that umbrella there also comes in and that's the person that has visually been on the scene and seen the event how horrible it is the all the visual and everything the noise everything the secondary traumatic stress is someone who gets secondary, meaning you as a dispatcher, uh, me as a driver down the road, which was not nearly as severe as your conditions, but uh, police, dispatchers, firemen, nurses. um, Can you think of other?
2: Well, yeah, children can have it. I'm, you know, I have no doubt that the children uh, in small town mm-hmm. wouldn't have some. You know, they had therapists there, and we're helping them as well. And I think if you now, and I want to really stress, I'm not a therapist. This is mm-hmm. my own experience, mm-hmm. and uh, that really my not being on scene. I had no idea sitting behind a desk with a computer and a phone taking emergency calls would ever have created this in my life. Right. I I wouldn't have even gone there. And so a lot of people don't realize that that can happen, and not everybody gets PTSD. Some people are just traumatized by something. Now, my definition of PTSD and secondary PTSD is that when you have an emotional uh um emotional attachment to something that you cannot rationalize. And okay. so or or being helpless, right? That little girl right. that I got the call from. I, I'm a grandma. I'm yeah. a mother. And right. I was I was emotionally attached to that. I just wanted to go and hug that little girl and just be there for her. Right. I got help for her, but I had no control on how to take her to complete and to be happy in that and i think that's where dennis was too when i talked to him before he uh before he committed suicide he said to me because he attended a murder suicide of a child and a father Mm -hmm. and he said to me he says janet i cannot rationalize this one in my head Mm -hmm. and obviously he couldn't and believe me when You see people you don't know because I saw him just two weeks before he he did the act. And we had a great time. We were at a Christmas party. He was fine. No Mm. idea of the emotions that were going on in him. And that is the sadness of it, that that we don't, there's no outward sign. Right. Except that they're they're little signs, right? Like maybe not sleeping and stuff. But it's people that are close to you you that that will notice these more than people outside we put on a good mask right
1: yeah yeah I wore a mask for a long time so um yeah so one of the secondary trauma stressors that I was surprised to see in the research that I did was burnout burnout from the workplace um Mm. I you know emotional exhaustion um getting depressed about just feeling like life is not full of promise and it's the same old things and feeling like you don't have any accomplishments in your life. And so when I saw burnout, I know that this can be handled through coaching, through attending uh, growth seminars such as Jack's. Um, I know that this works can revitalize and it's put in new suggestions to help somebody get through their second wind, get up, move forward. So have you used this? Don't you feel the same about the benefits of coaching in this area?
2: Most definitely. And I want to share that, uh- the RCMP had their own doctors and that. So because of the accident, I had to go in and have my medical with, uh, with one of the RCMP doctors. And uh-huh. he said to me, he said to do something other than work. Because what happens is, like, we work 12-hour shifts, we work nights, we work days, and you do get emotionally exhausted. You get right. so you're not doing anything else. You go to work, you come home. You go to work, you come home. And he said to me, do something that is totally different from work. Mm-hmm. And uh so when I found uh Jack and, and I there were other workshops I went to locally and that I met people that were so called normal. They didn't work mm-hmm. the shift works, they you know, had the normal lifestyle or what we call normal or think normal is. And so I had coaches within those the instructors and then and then you have accountability buddies that can keep you on track and Mm -hmm. but that's why i went into this field because there's there's so many people that get to that now what stage and where do you go and that's where i was and i needed help i needed somebody to tell me to hold that dream that i couldn't hold for myself to find that dream that i didn't know was still there and so that's what I do when I coach, too. Like I, for, for people in business that I coach and they're struggling with their business, I have them go back. I use journaling a lot. I have them go back and journal why they started their business because, you know, somewhere along the line, we forget why we're doing something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we you need know. somebody to help us. <laughs> Just like you need to see a doctor when you got a cut or need stitches or something, you need somebody to help you with to help you move on. We have baseball coaches, we have soccer coaches. Those people, those athletes that we have out there that are Olympians, they have all kinds of coaches. They have coaches that help them with their physical stuff. They have coaches that help them with their mental stuff. So why are we not giving our own lives that?
1: Yeah. So true. Yeah. Um yes, I you know uh I I don't know what my business would be like without my coach. I mean it's just we need their energy, we need their support and we need their ideas to give us out of our stuck, where we're stuck in one way of thinking and we don't think outside of that box and look at all of the other things that go into building a dream. I know many times when working with my ladies that are uh, 55 and over, reconnecting with that dream that they used to know when they were little girls was where they really did shine in their lives. They've Mm -hmm. forgotten about this dream. They've forgotten about this dream. So tell me, in our short time left, what is happening for Janet Wizzawati these days? And coming up.
2: Oh, well, I'm doing more traveling. I love to travel. I'm going to, uh, my sister has a cabin on Lake Manitoba. So that's three provinces away, <laughs> and I'm going to drive up, and I'm doing a two-day retreat there. I'm doing my journaling and my dream board retreat uh, or workshop as a retreat at my sister's cabin with some people, and uh, it's a pilot project. I want to take it on the road.
5: Yeah. Um,
2: I uh, found, and this for many people who maybe struggle with depression and, uh, like, don't think of worthiness, like worthiness comes into it big time, I very much want to be a huge philanthropist and i know joyce you are yourself um i'm involved in um uh, collecting uh, christmas bags or facilitating christmas bags for homeless seniors how many people know there's homeless seniors right right and so um we collected 150 bags last year i just put it out there and people just come together and when we help others we feel better about ourselves right and uh, There's, and I don't, I think it's across, uh, I know it's across Canada, different places. There's um, a group called 100 Women Helping, uh, and uh, you meet four times a year. You donate $100 each. You nominate and vote for a charity you want to be in. So four times a year, an evening event, and make a donation of $400 a year, and you're you're helping a lot of people. And, uh, you know... Really get out. Do you have a neighbor that's lonely? If you know somebody that doesn't get out much, like, make an effort. Because when we help somebody else, we're helping ourselves. Right. And so uh, that's – and I'm busy, of course, with my grandkids and and my hubby's busy with his things and – we, we take little side trips like driving to Texas and seeing you, Joy. <laughs> yes, you did. You just dropped in. in kilometers we put on our vehicle and we saw lots of people. So, you know what? Plan some fun stuff. We don't yeah. play enough in our life. And my, my dream board workshops, we do a, a little bit of journaling and we do a little bit of dreaming. And we have fun. Cut and paste. How many people as an adult cut and paste and have fun? Oh. Laugh more go to funny movies, go for, find a buddy to go walking with or, you know, just, I really can't stress that enough. I rely on my friends, huge, huge uh, reliance on my friends. Uh, It's nothing for me to make a phone call and, you know, reach out. I had a friend tell me the other day her husband had had um, uh, three brain aneurysms and, you know, he's doing okay. But I said, come to the retreat. And she says, I've never left him. And I'm thinking she really needs to make a chance (laughs) for that effort to get somebody, get her son to watch him, whatever.
1: But Janet, I'm going to have to cut you off, my dear, because we have 30 minutes to say, 30 seconds to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And I loved having you here talking to us about a very serious subject that can affect all of us without even realizing it. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us and your cheerful spirit. This morning, and so we will look forward to being back with you next week on Second Wind.
0: Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services and.